Welcome to the teaching ministry of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Family Church in Ohioville, Pennsylvania. We pray you are challenged in your walk with the Lord through the following teaching. For more information about Christian Assembly Family Church or to subscribe to our free podcasts, please visit us on the web at cafamily.net. Praise God. I really believe that the messages that we begin this new year with are intended to help us be prepared should Jesus come this year. We know that he can come during the fall feast, the Feast of Trumpets, and of course it could be this year. Who knows when he's going to come? But nothing is more important than to be ready for his coming when he comes. So we started off by talking about priorities and just basically checking your own heart and life to make sure that your priorities line up. Number two, we talked about the fear of God. And I believe a lot of the fear of the Lord has been lost in our society today, don't you? I don't know what this has done to you. I really don't know what it's done to you, but I just want to throw this out to you real quick. Have you heard about what they've done in New York to legalize third trimester abortion? And that a baby could be being born, but then dismembered as it's, okay, they legalize that. And listen, Virginia, they also believe they're pushing for the same thing. And they also believe that this is what they said. Even after the baby's been born, if, she, if, the, if the mother says, let it lay there and die, then it's to lay there and die. That's, I'm not making it up. And this is also being pushed in Alaska, Colorado, New Hampshire, New Mexico, Oregon, Vermont, and Washington, D.C. If you think our nation doesn't need prayer, my goodness, think about it. So we as believers need to pray and believe that God will put in people that will stop this from happening. Amen? I mean, I don't know about you, but human life, nothing is more important than human life. Uh, We've been talking about the fear of God. We talked about humility, the need to humble ourselves before God. And now this morning, we want to talk about servanthood, a very important subject. And here's some reasons I listed for us all to understand. Number one reason that we should all become servants of the Most High God is because, number one, it's the will of God for every believer. It's His will for you and for me to be a servant of His. Number two, It's also true that the work of the Lord is done through servanthood or serving. It's how God's work is done. And then also we understand that not just accomplishing his work, but also it's essential to our spiritual growth and development. Jesus was a servant and we're to grow up in him and all things. And number one, he was a servant when he was here upon this earth, which means we're to grow in servanthood ourselves. So we're to serve him. And then number four, it's the reason for our spiritual gifts. Every one of us has been gifted with a spiritual gift that we're to use to his honor and glory. So that's another reason for servanthood. And then also it's for preparation. In Revelation 22 and verse 3, it's for preparing us for eternity. It's preparation. Look at this. And there shall be no more curse. Aren't you glad for that? But the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. So in other words, we're being prepared right now for eternity to be servants, to serve him throughout eternity. So we have to serve him now in preparation for serving him in eternity. Now, both Testaments, you go to the Old Testament, New Testament, and they both teach us this truth. We've been saved to serve. Look in the book of Exodus chapter 8 and verse 1. Say it with me. I'm saved to serve. Okay, look at verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, go unto Pharaoh, and say unto him, thus saith the Lord, let my people go that they may serve sin, Satan, 
self, me, that they may serve me, right? So in other words, the reason for their being saved from Egyptian and slavery was so that they could be not servants or slaves to the Egyptians, but servants to the Most High God. But then you say that's the Old Testament. Well, I'm glad you said that. In the New Testament, Hebrews chapter 9, verses 13 and 14, let's read these verses. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, <clears throat> sanctifies to the, <clears throat> excuse me, purifying of the flesh, how much more? Say those three words with me. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to do what? To serve the living God. Wait a minute. What motivation is he saying there that we need in order to serve the living God? Should someone, and if you're a young person out there, please listen to me. Should I be motivated to serve God because of, I like the music. I like what's going on. I got friends. What's the motivation for any human being to serve God? The blood of Jesus Christ. He offered his blood. Because of his blood, we're reconciled to God. Because of his blood, we've been delivered and redeemed from a fate that's unthinkable, a lake of fire throughout eternity. So the motivation for us to serve should be that. It's not whether or not I'm being entertained. Beloved, if the blood of Jesus Christ is not enough, there is something wrong on the inside of us. Thank God for the blood that was shed to redeem us, to reconcile us, to give us hope, to give us life and that more abundantly. I want to serve him and I need to serve him because he loved me so much. He shed his precious blood for me on Calvary and that's my motivation. That's my reason for serving him and it should be all of ours. And then look at <clears throat> some other scriptures that talk about serving. Famous scriptures in Joshua chapter 24, 14 and 15. Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood in Egypt. And serve ye the Lord. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose ye this day whom ye will serve. Whether the gods of your fathers, which your father served, that were on the uh, other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land ye dwell. But as for me, but as for me, and my house... We will serve the Lord. We will. It's an act of the will. It's a decision that we make. I choose to serve the Lord. Why? Because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. That's not talking about just going to church once in a while. That's talking about serving him with my life. Not self, not sin, not Satan, but serving the Lord because the blood that was shed for me. Look in the, the book of Matthew here. Jesus is speaking on the same subject in verse 24 of chapter 6. No man can serve two masters. Well, if Jesus said that, I'm sure it's true. For either he will love, hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You can't serve God and mammon. In other words, we can't live our life for riches. It's an impossibility. God wants us to put him first. Where our treasure is, our heart is also. He wants us to serve him because we love him and because of the sacrifice that he made for us. Look at the next one in John 12. This is Jesus speaking once again, verse 26. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man will serve me, you ready for it? Him 
will my father honor. The word honor there means to hold in high esteem and high regard. He will highly regard us if we choose to serve him. And there are many ways, we'll talk about that in a moment, that we can serve the Lord. But you identify yourself as a servant of the Most High God, and God will honor you for doing so. Now, you can receive accolades of men. There's all kind of achievements that people receive medals for, awards for, and all that. But when God honors you, and he gives you an award, oh, praise God Almighty, can you imagine what that's going to be like when you receive the crown of righteousness, the crown of life, the soul winner's crown, and so on. God will honor you. Look at Deuteronomy 28. Oh, so important scriptures, because there's a consequence to choosing to serve the Lord or not. Because thou serve not the Lord your God with joyfulness and gladness of heart, for the abundance of all things, therefore shalt thou serve thine enemies, which the Lord shall send against thee in hunger and in thirst and in nakedness and in one of all things, and he'll put a yoke of iron upon your neck until you've been he destroyed thee. Notice the difference between serving the Lord and serving the enemy. Jesus said, come to me, all ye that labor and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. The yoke that he's going to give you is a yoke is easy and the burden is light. Here the enemy is going to put a yoke of iron around our neck, and what's he intending to do? Destroy us. So when we choose to serve the living God, Praise God, that yoke is easy and that burden is light. And he'll reward us for doing so. And so it's important that we make a decision to serve him because of his shed blood, knowing that as a servant, we owe him our lives. Okay, our example. Look at Philippians chapter 2. And once again, follow me with this line of thinking because notice the very first few words. Let this mind be in you. Let this mind be in you. In other words, start thinking this way. Sometimes people will say, well, I don't think like you think. Well, you know what? The Lord says, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are higher than yours and my ways are higher than yours. You can choose to think the way you want to think or you can choose to think the way God wants us to think. I just happen to choose the way God wants me to think. What about you? Let this mind be in you. We should say, Lord, I'm going to let this mind be in me, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God. Everybody say form of God. Okay, he was in the form of God. Thought it not wrong to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a monarch, the form of a president, the form of a ruler, a prime minister, a servant. He took on him the form of a servant. He went from the form of God to the form of a servant. What a stoop. The form of God to the form of a servant. And was and made in the likeness of men, and being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. Notice this was his willful decision that he would leave his first estate, he would leave his glorious power behind, that he would leave all the glory that he had with the Father and choose to take on the form of a could have been anything, a king. Like I said, a president, a monarch, and all that, but no, he came in the form of a servant for the purpose of serving the interests of his father. So why is that important? Because he said, let this mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. But look at the next few verses. As a result of him choosing to do this, he was highly exalted. Look at verses uh, 9 through 11. Wherefore, in other words, because of his decision to do so, God also hath highly exalted him and had given him a name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow things in heaven, things in earth and things under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. But notice, 
It's because he chose to become in the form of a servant where he came to serve his father's interest to carry out the will of the father and not his own will and not the will of Satan or the will of sin. But he chose to do the will of God the Father. And in so doing, God exalted him and gave him a name above every name. So we can see that these tie together with humility and obedience. So in other words, it pays to serve the Lord. It pays to walk with God. It pays to take your place and do your part and honor the Lord with your life. He will exalt you in due season. Now, he was rewarded for his service is important, very important. I'll just do a quick illustration here. If you served in the armed forces, would you kindly stand just for a moment? And don't applaud. Anybody applaud. Stand up. You have certain rewards and benefits because you served in our armed forces. We're other citizens that are here in this country and we benefit to a certain degree. But because of your service, you are being rewarded with certain things and certain benefits that you have that we don't have, even though we live in the same country. And you know what? Everyone sitting, you would agree, rightfully so, right? Absolutely, without question. They deserve that. Why? They served. We could be a child of God, be in the family of God, but not serve him. You realize that? In other words, we're just a Christian, but we're not serving him in any capacity. Now, while they're standing, those of you sitting, give them a reward. That's a small thing for us to give you for your service, but you've got a reward for, for your service from us. We are grateful, we are thankful to each and every one of you willing to sacrifice your life for us. And again, you've got benefits that are out there that we don't have, and rightfully so, you should have those benefits because of your service to our country. Well, we all, once again, are children of God, and we're in the kingdom. It's up to us to use what he's given us, our gifts, talents, and abilities to serve him and advance his kingdom upon the earth. It's up to us. So let's look at this next page, Renewing the Mind. How important it is for us to renew our minds because we're told, let this mind be in you. You allow this way of thinking to enter into your mind. Let this mind be in you. I have to let it be in me. You have to let it be in you for yourself. But notice here, Romans chapter 6, verse 16. We are told we've been saved to serve. Know you not that to whom you yield yourselves servants to obey his servants you are to whom you obey, whether of sin unto death or obedience to righteousness? But God be thanked that you were the servants of sin. See, whether we realize it or not, we were the servants of sin. But you have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered to you. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. Did you get that? Were you delivered from sin? Then you became a servant of righteousness. So, as a servant of righteousness... It's up to me to do something that he goes on to say, and that is to yield. Let's look at the next few verses. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh, for as you have yielded your members' servants to uncleanness, to iniquity, unto iniquity, even so now yield your members' servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when you were servants of sin, you were free from righteousness. What fruit had ye then in those things where ye are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now being made free from sin and become servants to God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is what? Death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So what is he saying here? Renew your mind like this. We once served sin and it was natural for us to serve sin because we didn't have righteousness in us. We didn't know right from wrong in actuality. 
But the moment you gave your heart to Jesus, you, whether we realize it or not or admit it or not, we became a servant to righteousness. You've got righteousness on the inside of you. In other words, the life of God on the inside of you really tells us what's right and what is wrong. We've got the Holy Spirit to convince and convict us of sin, righteousness, and judgment. It's up to us to do what? Yield. You see, there's still a warfare going on between the flesh and the spirit, right? It's up to us to yield. You ever get on a highway and one side says yield and the other side's coming on like that? Who's supposed to yield? The one where the sign says yield. It's up to that person to yield. If they don't yield and go straight through and cause an accident, it's their fault, not the other person's fault. So it's up to us to make a decision. I'm not yielding my members to sin. I'm not yielding my members to Satan. I'm not yielding my members to self-interest. I am yielding my members to serve the living God. It doesn't matter what I think or how I feel. I'm a servant of God. And as a servant of God, I'm a servant of righteousness. As a servant of righteousness, I have to live for God and make decisions based on God's will for my life. Can we see that? Okay, the extent of our service. Look at this. First of all, it is to God. 1 Corinthians chapter 7. I'm a servant of the Most High God, and so are you. For he that is called in the Lord being a servant is the Lord's freeman. Likewise, also he that is called being free is Christ's servant. So have you been called? We've all been called. We've all been called to salvation. You've accepted the call. You've made Christ your Lord and Savior. Guess what? Now you are identified as his servant and he is one, that means, who follows him closely and carries out the work that he was sent to do. Do you remember that Jesus, before he went back to heaven, he said these words? He said, Father, I've glorified you on the earth. I've completed the work that you gave me to do now. Therefore, give me the glory that I had when I was with thee from the beginning. Right? So in other words, he came as a servant. He said, I'm doing only what my father tells me to do. I'm saying what only my father tells me to say. I'm teaching only what my father tells me to teach. So I'm living my life in harmony with his will. I'm serving him. And once I completed that service, he went back to the heaven and got his glory back. We're to have that same mind. Why are we here? To serve the living God. Not just to say I'm a Christian, but to serve him. And that's an action word, is it not? You ever go to a restaurant and someone served you? The waiter waited on you. The waitress waited on you. Wouldn't it be something if they were sitting over there in a corner and you're sitting waiting to get a glass of water and they're just sitting there and you're just waiting, waiting, waiting and nobody's coming, nobody's coming, nobody's coming, nobody's coming. There you are just sitting there. Well, where's the waiter? Where's the server? Oh, I'm your server. Okay. (laughs) What do I need to do to get you over here to my table? If they're doing nothing, they're not serving, are they? They're just sitting there doing nothing. A server, a servant is one who serves. Action, does something. Praise God. Look at the next one, to one another. It'd be one thing if it was just to God, but it's to one another. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. For brethren, you've been called unto liberty, only use not your liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but but by love, do what? Serve one another. Okay, see, now when someone says, I'm I'm a good Christian, I can be a good Christian just staying home, not doing anything. No, no, no. You can serve God staying at home, but you're not serving one another. You see, when we come together like this and we hear about all these prayer requests and all these needs that are out there, you know, just hearing, uh, like Sister Rose, we prayed for her. We're upholding her before the Lord. Uh, This young boy, Elias, we thank God for his life and and. He's at St. Jude's Hospital right now. We're believing God with the family for divine intervention in his life and for assistance when, when it comes to all the medical staff to help out. 
we come together, we can do what? We can serve one another. We can reach out to families. We can encourage. We can inspire hope and faith and just do whatever, anything we possibly can to see to it that we help meet the needs of one another. So our service is also not just to the Lord, but to one another as well. Okay, and then it's to everyone. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9, the Apostle Paul. Look what he said about himself. For though I be free from all men, yet have I made myself, what? Servant unto all that I may gain the more. I have committed to making myself a servant of that fella at the Y. Oh, it's a frightening thought. You got to see how big this man is. <laughs> Goliath had nothing over on him. But I'm a servant. I'm going to inject every moment, every opportunity that I get. I'm going to wear that shirt. Have him read it every time I'm there. <laughs> bring him a track or whatever. Why? We want to become all things to all men to bring them to Christ. You realize that you can influence people in your circle of life that I can't and vice versa. So it's important to realize you are a servant and you're serving him, you're serving one another and you're serving anyone and everyone to bring them to Christ and that's why we're here upon the earth and you'll be rewarded for doing it. Look at some of the characteristics of a servant. Number one at the top of the list is being faithful. A servant must be faithful. Look in Matthew's gospel. Here Jesus is speaking. His Lord said to him, well done thou good and what? faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I'll make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of your Lord. In Luke 16, um, I think it's 10 through 16, uh, here Jesus said something about being faithful. A servant must be faithful. We must be faithful in small things, little things. We must be faithful in our financial resources and our giving. We must also be faithful in helping another person serve. He said those three things about faithfulness. So we're here to serve, and a servant should serve and be faithful in his service. Faithful in small things. You, you might think that's a, something's on the ground there in, a, in, in the carpet, whatever. Pick it up. Throw it away. Well, no one saw me do it. Better yet. Pick it up. Throw it away. It's a small thing. Uh, maybe you're, a, whatever, a greeter out there at the door. You may think it's too small. It's not too small. There isn't anything that you can do for God that's too small. But faithful in those small things, you may think it's irrelevant, but he doesn't. So be faithful in small things. Be faithful in, in your financial giving. Be faithful also in helping another person succeed. And oh, you talk about a challenge right there. In other words, he wants you to help someone else succeed even above yourself. And Paul was saying that. I'd rather see you come to Christ than even if it meant my salvation myself. What a statement for Paul to make. But he made himself to all men so that he can win many for Christ. Okay, the next one. He's faithful. He's obedient. Jesus was obedient to death, even the death of the cross. He's obedient to do what God's called him to do. Nothing more, nothing less. Just do what God's called you to do. And you'll see what it is in just a moment. To be humble. Humility goes along with servanthood. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he will exalt and lift you up if you serve him with your life. Being willing to sacrifice is another key. Sacrifice your time, your effort, your energy, your money, your comfort, your abilities, whatever it is that God has given you. Uh, wasn't it wonderful to hear a young person sing a song because God gave her the ability to sing the way she can sing and to use it for the glory and honor of the living God? Think about that. You're, she's using what God gave her to bless humanity, to bless us, and also advance the kingdom of God and to use her talents and gifts in such a way that will honor God. And God will bless her for doing that. And then being joyful. No one is drawn to a complainer. 
by the way, we're having a meeting tonight. You know, we're going to be here at the church for all. And who wants to come and hear us complain about everything? <laughs> how awful life is, how terrible things are, and just all this, that. We got any complainer, come be a complainer. Who's going to come? Who wants to come and listen? No one wants to listen to somebody complain. What did he say? Serve the Lord how? With joyfulness and gladness of heart for the abundance of all things. Someone who's a complainer hasn't realized what God has done for them. It's time to be educated and let people know what great things God has done for us. Just the fact that he saved our sin-sick soul and is enough for us to shout and rejoice. It's a joy unspeakable and full of glory. You know that when you leave this realm of life, which is but temporary, but a vapor, it appears for a little while, then it vanishes away, that you're going to be with him in glory, praise God, and celebrate throughout the eternal ages with him in a place that he has prepared for you. Remember the guy we talked about that had died recently and he came back? He said he went to heaven, he saw his mansion. And there were things in that mansion that he loved, but there were things in that mansion he said, I didn't realize I loved until I got there and saw them. But Jesus knew I loved them even though I didn't know I loved them. And he put them there in for just for me. And they went out to explain the beauty of the place that he was in. Can you imagine that? God is looking out for you in such a way to have a place prepared for you to your liking. Think about that. That's what he's doing for us. So beside all that, thank God that we have that. We should be faithful here to serve him as we live our lives upon this earth and not complain about what we have now. We've got so much more ahead of us. Then uh, compassionate. In Matthew 14, 14, Jesus was a servant of compassion. Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them and he healed they're sick. And he said, the works I do show do also. But the point is, he was driven by compassion as a servant of the Most High God. And he has something to give those people that could help bless them. Peter and John at the temple of the gate called Beautiful had something to give. Yes, it was the powerful name of Jesus, but as a servant, he gave something. They gave something that they had as a servant to serve others with. And then also, and we can go on, meekness. Look at Galatians chapter 6 and verse 1. Meekness is so important. Brethren, if any man be overtaken in the fault, you which are spiritual, look at the key here, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself lest you also fall. In other words, don't ever let these words come out of your mouth. You see what they're doing? I'd never do that. The moment you say you'll never do that, the pressure's put on you to do it. Don't ever judge so that you won't be judged. And you know, when it comes to servanthood, there are many different ways that we can serve God. We'll talk about many of those in a moment. But follow the example of Jesus who emptied himself of any self-interest exclusively with you and me in mind to lay down his life so that you and I could be free to serve him. We're not to use the liberty that we have as an excuse for sin, but a choice to love the one who loved us. Now notice this, you're equipped and expected to serve. All of us, we're all equipped and expected to serve. Look at 1 Peter 4, 10. I love this verse of scripture. As every man has received a gift, even so minister or serve the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. God's grace is manifested in many different ways. And we all don't have the same gift. We all have a different gift, gift differing in all of our lives. And it's to be used as a servant of the most high God to minister life to somebody else. So in other words, what he's saying is get your eyes off yourself and get your eyes on other people. Get your eyes off benefiting yourself and get your eyes on benefiting other people. You know what? You talk about growing up spiritually it'll really lend itself towards growing up spiritually when we start realizing that it's not about me, it's about him and it's about others. 
and giving of ourselves exclusively to advance his kingdom upon this earth and benefit other people, helping them succeed, is true servanthood. And that's what God wants us to do. Look at the next one, Ephesians 4, 16. And that talks about how we all have a place from whom the whole body fitly joined together, compacted by that which every joint supplies, according to effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh an increase of the body that edifying of itself in love. So in other words, it's the whole body working together. And when we talk about the whole body, yes, the body here at Christian Assembly, but the body of Christ around the world, and that's the whole body of believers. Everyone has a place. Everyone has a part. Everyone has a gift. Everyone has a talent. Everyone has an ability. There is something that God has given to you. Go back to, to Dorcas and go back to, to those that just sellers of clothing and made clothing and that sort of thing. There's so many ways that God can be served, that we can serve God here upon the earth. And all we'd have to do is just find out what our gift is. So look at Romans chapter 12. In verses 4 through 8, we have motivational gifts. And in these motivational gifts, we have a revelation of certain things that we can do to serve God with. Ways to serve God. Okay, how can I serve God? For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and everyone members of one another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of grace, or faith. So therefore, prophesying is one gift. Ministry, let us wait on our ministering. Ministering is another gift. Or he that teacheth on teaching. Teaching is another gift. One that exhorteth on exhortation. That's another gift. Let him that do it with simplicity. Him, uh, that, uh, he that giveth rather is giving is another one. Let him do it with simplicity. He that rules or administrates with diligence. He that shows mercy with cheerfulness. So here we have seven motivational gifts that if you have any one of these gifts, you can use that gift to serve God with. But if you have the gift and you don't use it to serve God, then you see, then you need to really check your own heart and say, am I really appreciating all that Jesus has done for me? I am his servant. I should use whatever he's given me to do something to invest in other people's lives. Look at the next one. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 talks about the fivefold ministry. Here are the fivefold ministry. He gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, that we all come to the unity of faith unto the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, that you henceforth be not children, tossed to and fro by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby the lying waiting to deceive, but speaking the truth and love may grow up unto him in all things, which is the head even Christ, from whom the whole body fitly joined together, compacted by that which every joint supplies. So in this whole text that he's here, he says, here's a fivefold ministry that's designed to do what? to help people understand their need to serve in the capacity that God has given. You may not be an apostle. That's okay. Apostle could be a, a, identified as a missionary. That may not be your calling, but you're not called to do that. That's okay. Maybe you're not a, a prophet. That's okay. Or a, even as a pastor or a teacher, that's okay. But there's fivefold ministry that's out there, and there are those that are anointed and appointed to do it. I'll be honest with you. I never, 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 did I say never? Never, never, never saw myself pastoring a church or speaking in front of people. Never, never, never. I made a vow between myself and God and Youngstown State University. I will never, never speak in front of people ever, ever, ever again. Okay. I think that settles that. But then I got saved. And when I got saved... There was a fire in my bones. There was a burning in my soul. I could talk about the Bible. I could talk about Jesus. I could witness. I can share. I can teach. I had revelations from the Word of God. I didn't even know where it came from. See, not everybody has that gift. When I came home from Ramah and I went back to uh, where I lived in Youngstown, I didn't preach in a church. I painted a church. 
And all of a sudden, the pastor comes in to, to me. I, I was just helping this one fellow out with his uh, youth. He said, would you consider going down to hold a meeting at our church in Midland? I went, yeah, okay. Would you consider pastor, be, becoming a candidate to pastor the church? Oh, absolutely not. Nope. Mm -mm, mm -mm. No, no. God would have to speak to me in an audible voice. Like he did Moses at the burning bush. He laughed. I laughed. I left the office thinking, huh, whew, I'll never do that. I'm driving down Route 11. And I hear this audible voice that is so loud it shook me. You will be the next pastor of that church. The next what? Pastor of that church. Oh. Okay. I only am in this position because God put me here. And God gifted me in a certain way. It has nothing to do with me. Other than I was willing to do what? Yield. Because I said no, I wouldn't do it. But when he said, you're going to do it, you're going to be the next pastor. I said, okay, I still had a choice to make. Look at the next point three. There are many ways you can serve here at the church. And we have a video at some point. We're going to show you the different, uh, I think, ministries here. Right, Will? We, we got that. But there are many different ways. You know, you can it, it, be a part of serving here at the church. Many different ways. And there's some listed that are there. Whether you can usher, whether you can greet, whether you can teach. You can be part of the youth. You can work with women. You can work with men's ministry. You can, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And the list goes on and on and on. There are many different things that you can do. You can get involved in sound. You can get involved in worship and all that. The point, you can, just giving. Just, just being here to support the work, to pray for the work, to be a prayer warrior, to be a prayer partner. There are many things that we can do. One thing I would love to do is just start really a, a, a parking lot ministry that we, for some reason, haven't been able to get off the ground because we haven't had the people to help us to do it. Just to really help people. You know, greet people at the parking lot and that sort of thing. Parking lot ministry, when the people just start coming in, they can see someone standing there and just walking them to come to the church and, you know, just to, to provide a, a welcoming attitude, you know, as people come uh, on our property. But you see, the thing is, it takes everybody just working together, realizing you're not serving Christian assembly, you're serving the Most High God. There are things that we can do no matter how gifted we are or whether we think we have nothing to give. We all have something to give. And we all can serve the Lord. It's just a matter of being willing. When I first got saved, I'll be honest with you, I had not, no knowledge, no revelation of what it meant to go to a Pentecostal church and serve in any capacity whatsoever. But you know what? And let me just, let's look at these before I even say this. Look at the, the excuses that are made by a lot of people. Number one, I don't have the time. Hence, priorities. Priorities. There has to be some time that we can make on purpose you say, why? Are you, are you promoting and listing so that I can do something here? Uh-uh. I'm just saying, he saved you to serve him. There has to be some way you can serve him. You can serve him by supporting the church financially. You can serve him by ushering. You can serve him in many different ways, supporting a missionary endeavor, endeavor and outreach. There are many different ways that we can serve God, but the point is to instill within our hearts the idea that we're all a servant. Say with me, I'm a servant of the Most High God. Remember when the Apostle, when Apostle John was on the Isle of Patmos and the angel appeared to him and, and he bowed down to worship him and he said, uh-uh, uh-uh, don't worship me, I'm your fellow servant. The angel said, I'm your fellow servant. I am your servant. There was a time, let me quickly go through this, when even in, in the ministry, the, in Pentecostal ministries, charismatic ministries and word of faith ministries and all that, where um, there was an attitude that existed among the clergy that they were better than the lay people. 
Did you know that? Anywhere they would go, there would be a meeting. There'd be a meeting. The preachers had to have someone carry their briefcase, carry their Bible. Uh, one actually said, I want the car at a certain degree temperature inside the car when you pick me up at the airport. I want lace tables, tablecloth on the, on the tables. I mean, this went on and on. It was just like almost to the point of being nauseating. You know what I'm talking about? Give honor to whom honor is due, but wait a minute. I read somewhere that the great shepherd of the sheep was a servant who came to serve the people. I read somewhere that the under shepherd is under the great shepherd and the under shepherd is to serve the people as well. And so when the people came to me, it was my time to preach. And they said, can we carry your briefcase or your Bible up? I said, no, but you can let me carry yours. They almost fell over on the floor because I said that. Well, what do you mean? I said, I'm here to serve you. You're not here to serve me. We've got to have the mindset and mentality that we're all servants of the Most High God. And there are many ways we can serve him. We can serve him. So many different ways that anyone and everyone can participate in some capacity. You realize that? Can you make a phone call? But you see yourself as a servant making that phone call to say, I'm calling just to encourage you. You've heard of someone that was challenged physically with sickness or a disease. I'm just calling you to let you know I'm with you. I'm standing with you. I'm believing with you for your success and victory. Simple to do, but you're serving in, in that way. Look at the next one. I don't know what to do. Well, then do whatever your hand finds to do. Once again, when I first got saved, uh, I, I taught a Bible study in my dad's basement. I was willing to do that. When I went to a church, when I realized you, I could play a guitar there, I started playing guitar at the church. I ran off a few riffs that the pastor looked at me like, he'd give me a double take, but I didn't know. <laughs> All I knew was what I knew to play. He kind of gave me a double look like, a double take look like, what are you doing there? Jamming? <laughs> I'm not sanctified yet. I just got saved. I used to play in bands. I mean, <laughs> wasn't used to that kind of playing yet. So I kind of subdued it and just strummed along, you know, like this here. <laughs> do whatever your hand finds to do. But the time came that that same pastor said, hey, I'd like you to teach a faith class for me in our church. I said, I'd be glad to do it. Number three, I'm not needed. I'm not needed. Don't buy that lie of the devil. Listen to this. Jesus, who is the head, can't say to the foot, I have no need of thee. Everyone is needed. Everyone has a place. Everyone can take a part in ministry in some fashion or some way. Once again, we have prayer cards that are out there with names of people that are listed there. We pray for them as much as we can here at the church. We do it at home as well. But uh, if he just took that and just said, we're, we're believing God for these people and their healing, that their faith fell not, that they receive from on high. We've got all these people's names that are out there. You can just take one and just par participate just that way. It's that simple. Something we can do. Look at the fourth one. I have no skills. Well, I didn't think I had any skills either, to be honest with you. But you know whom he calls, he equips. Whom he calls, he equips. So in other words, if he has a work for you, he's going to equip you to do it. So it doesn't matter what he calls you to do. He will enable you to be able to perform and do what he's called you to do. Look at the book of Matthew. And look at this verse and one more verse and we'll close. But look at this. Anybody here want to experience greatness? When you, when you arrive in glory. But he that is greatest among you shall be your what? 
servant. You know, people say, I want to be up front. I've had people say, I want to be up there where people could see me. I'm sorry. Your reward will be here. It's those that don't want to be up front. It's those that don't want to be seen. It's those that say, I'm going to be behind the scenes. There are many prayer warriors that we have right here that you don't even know about that are praying for the success of this ministry. You might be looking up here at me because I'm up here in the front. You might be looking at them because they're up here at the front. But let me tell you something right now. The ones that are greatest in the kingdom are those that are on their knees and on their faces before God that cannot be seen by men. Great will be their reward because of what they've done and what they're doing to advance God's kingdom here upon the earth. Can you see that? Look in John's gospel, chapter 13. If this doesn't speak to our hearts, I don't know what can or what will. Jesus just got done washing the feet of his disciples. You remember the story where Peter said, you're not going to wash my feet. He said, Peter, if you, if you don't let me wash your feet, you have no part in me whatsoever at all. Of course, extravagant G, uh, Peter says, well, then, then don't just wash my feet. Start at the top of my head and go all the way down, my, all the way down. And, you know, once again, Peter, 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 you know, he opens up his mouth again. Jesus said, look, if I wash your feet, you're clean. But you have to remember this too. When you wash someone's feet like that, that was the job of the servant. That was not the job of the king of kings and lord of lords. That was not the job of the person who's the guest in the house. But Jesus said, this is my example. I'm leaving with you. I am your servant. Look at what it says. He just got done washing their feet and he says this. You call me master and lord, ye say well, for so I am. If I then your lord and master have washed your feet, then you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither is he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, if you know these things, happy are you if you do them. Wow, how powerful is that? Now that you know that the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, who came as an infant, who came not as a monarch, but came as a servant, served us in such a way so as to set this kind of an example for us to follow. Wow. How should I be motivated to serve you? Do my best to put together messages that will speak to your heart, that will touch your life and challenge you and do my part and play my part and just do whatever I am to do. That's all I'm called to do is what I'm to do. I can't do what everybody else is doing that's out there. I'm not called to maybe evangelize or evangelize the world or go to, uh, as an apostle to go to missionary fields and, and that sort of thing. Cuba's for will. No offense, brother. You can have it. Appreciate it. They don't make good pasta there, I heard. And then, or pizza. So, uh, Anyhow, if God can use men and women to change the world with similar excuses like we've just heard here, he can use men like Moses, who said, I stutter. There's nothing that I can do. But what God say to him, who made your mouth? Who made your mouth? I made your mouth. And what about men like, you can say, uh, Isaiah, I'm a man of unclean lips. Doesn't matter to God. He can use you. He'll cleanse your lips. He'll cleanse your mouth. And he'll use you to his honor and to his glory. And then, of course, you have men like Saul. Saul, you know, who is someone who was against all of Christianity, but he made a decision because he saw Christ to become a servant. David, think about it. Samuel went through all the sons of Jesse and the low, the low one on the totem pole was David. Who would have thought that he would be the one who was seemingly so insignificant to be the king who would follow Saul? 
You see, it doesn't matter who we are. Once God gets a hold of us, he'll make us what he wants us to be. And if all we do is lay it down, we sing the song and lay it down and just say, use me. I want to be available. I make myself available to you. We're all servants. Let's all stand together.